hour of Talking in Tangents. My name is Britt. Uh, I go by she and her and am okay with they. And I am joined by my lovely co-host across the table. Would you introduce yourself, young woman? Hello. Hi, my name is Megs. I go by she and her for my pronouns. And I'm happy to be here. Always it's Wednesday. Happy. It's Wednesday. For you, it's Monday. Welcome to Monday. <laughs> Sucker. You're going to do great. I've been there, <laughs> done that two days ago. Anyways, we just want to share how we're doing today. I know, Megan, you've had like a rough time today. What's Bruh. going on? Oh, man. So um, I got a second job in order to buy a new car. And as luck would have it, my car decided to crap out. And um, it's at the shop right now. Uh, Luckily, the issues are under warranty. Hot dog. Which means I don't go to pay for shit, which is great. Uh, Problem is, I'm without a car. So I've been kind of doing like the the rental flippy floppy all day today. Had to take like an hour lunch just to get to my other rental Because in order for it to be covered by the dealership, I had to go all the way to Cerritos. And that's a drive. So, I mean, it's it's been a day. I'm I'm tired. I've gotten two different cars in 24 hours. Mm -hmm. Um, I like the car I have now, but I I just saw my Instagram. I'm so embarrassed. So I posted a picture of it because I'm like, oh, look, it's my new car. Look at my cool Mazda for the weekend or whatever. It's not a Mazda. It's not. It's a Hyundai. Oh no! <laughs> and both, like both are Japanese. They look the fuck. I'm not a car person, y'all. I'm not. Um, and two men, of course, corrected <laughs> me via Instagram. They're like, "Oh yeah, that's not a Mazda, lol." And I'm like, "Okay, what do you what?" The, Jokes on you. I knew that. The lady, the lady told me. She told me it was a Mazda. She said, "Do you want this Mazda or this Mazda?" And I'm like, "I don't care. Just not the blue one. Please give me the you, white you one." You leave the dealership. She's like, <laughs> "She thinks she's driving me off with a Mazda." Got fucking punked by Enterprise. <laughs> Dang, savage lady. Like, I knew I came, like, right at the end of clothes, but it wasn't my fault. Damn. It's okay. Anyway, I'm embarrassed. It's It's, okay. it's dumb. But my car is really fun to drive, at least in the meantime, until I get my stupid old grumpy car back. But it's fine. It's fine. I just I hate cars. I hate them so much. Me too. I'm just glad I don't have to pay for it. I was going to have to replace the whole... They're going to replace the whole engine. Oh, shit. Which is, like, $4,000. Yeah. My car is barely six years old and doesn't even have a hundred thousand miles on it so they're like oh yeah it's over to warranty don't worry about it um we just don't know when the part's gonna come in they literally said i don't know when i asked him i was like oh cool um how am i getting to work and stuff and they're like oh we'll get you a rental and then then everything happened today and now i now i have a Hyundai, not a Mazda. What? <laughs> so embarrassing. It's okay. It's really Don't fun worry. to drive. But uh, anywho, yeah, that, that's been my day, my week, and my month, and probably my year. Yeah. It's yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I my week is but normal as usual. However, I did start doing something new. So I've kind of shared that I deal with anxiety and I was like, I want to smoke cigarettes. And then it hit me like, okay, maybe this isn't something I should do. Um, So I was doing a bunch of research and um, I'm scared of weed. 
Like I'm scared of psychoactive THC. Um, I know some people use that. So I decided to go the CBD route and I have a tincture and it is like 40 to one CBD to THC. And I tried it for the first time two days ago. And usually when I'm anxious, my outer part of my vision gets kind of cloudy. And I took uh, some of this tincture and immediately like that little fog went away. The mental clearing came. And then I also walked around like shaggy because my muscles are all loose ghosting. Um, so that was fun. I just was like, wow, my body is like really right now. Um, but it was super cool. I took it before work and like, I was like, I am chilling. Usually work kind of stresses me out, but I was like, I feel so good. And I kind of joked with my coworkers that they're going to start coming into my office and my pile of papers are going to get bigger and bigger. I'm like, Brittany, you have you finished this project? And I'll be like, nah, I'm chilling. Like I'm fine. And like soon more CBD bottles will be on my desk and be like, guys, I don't know what you're stressing about. Everything's okay. <laughs> so I am such a fan of this. Um, I took some this morning. I took some another little bit in the afternoon after working out. And I already noticed like a bunch of normal anxiety I would have has like dissipated. I don't know if it's placebo effect because I knew this would probably happen, but I mean, it's working, um, which I am, <laughs> I'm so happy for because I've been looking for something that relaxed me without like making me like high on something. So I'm super stoked and I'm feeling really good. Um, I felt really good yesterday. I'm feeling really good now. Um, so big fan of that. But yeah, doing really good. And I'm really excited for this week's episode. We're going to take more of like a little educational route, but also kind of like an insight into like what music does for us. Speaking of just relaxing and chilling out, like you don't need weed. You got a sick ass playlist. I'm very excited because I have a lot to learn. Mm-hmm. And I'm very, very excited to go yeah. down this, this musical rabbit hole. All right, but first, we're going to jump into our pop culture section. Right back. Pop, 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 pop culture. We are here for the pop culture. Just some random shindig stuff. Some of the the water cooler talk we're talking about earlier. Yeah, chit-chats. Chit-chats. Anyway, Eric Andre, he has a movie out on Netflix. Oh. It's pretty funny. Um, It's pretty funny. It's called Bad Trip, and essentially it is a jackass, jackass, dumb and dumber, and like bad grandpa all had a baby. It's... um. Essentially, Eric Andre and the other main character, I don't know the actor's name, they're the only, like, true actors besides, like, a handful of other people in this movie. And uh, everyone else in the movie, every bystander, every NPC is an actual uh, person in, I think it was shot in Atlanta. Uh, They're just normal people. And so uh, you have scenes where he's working in a, a juice shop and he's picking, he's making smoothies with his bare hands and wiping his nose. And there's one where he vacuums his clothes off as he's talking to a hot girl. And you're just, ca- they're just capturing all these genuine reactions oh my God. from people. So if you have any type of like social anxiety or if you're an empathetic, sympathetic person, this movie will stress you out. It sounds like it would stress me out. But it's so freaking 
funny. It's so freaking funny. Um, so that is my little uh, pop culture snippet. I just want people who need a little break from like the craziness of life. I'm kidding. This is not a break from craziness of life. Watch someone else's crazy and escape. Yeah. Watch someone else be cuckoo. And um, <laughs> I, I, I just think everyone would enjoy it. It sounds, it sounds like a mixture of like hilarity, but also stress. Oh for my me. gosh! Yes, because I I love humor stuff. I love things that are funny. Dumb mm. and Dumber is one of my favorite movies ever. Um, Jackass always stressed me out because it always went on the edge of gross. Okay, this luckily oh so okay, Eric he doesn't Andre, get gross. Okay, we're good. Eric Andre has been gross in the past. He is not gross in this film in any way shape or form the only thing that's gross is that there's one part where they're at a bar and uh he's like shooting back like 10 shots and people are like whoa you're crazy and then he has like a little jet actually in his wrist that like spews vomit all over the bar and everyone's like Oh, yeah, that is that is my worst nightmare. I have my eyes closed the entire time. That I is look at it. legitimately look at it. my worst nightmare. I I'm barfing is not my favorite thing as mm-hmm. I'm, I'm it's not favorite thing for anyone really, but it scars me. I okay, well, just warn me about that scene. Good. Excellent. I will okay. watch everything but that. Yeah, be careful with the barf scene. On a lighter note, Megan has some news about some old men. Oh, sorry, bald men. <laughs> I just associate the two. Some are old. Okay. All right. So when I, on my, on our to-do list, we like to look up like random, you know, things for our pop culture section. And when I was Googling, I randomly came across this article that said, Prince William's crowned the world's sexiest bald man and the internet is pissed. I hate it i did, i just heard the, about this yeah. five minutes ago and i'm pissed the internet is enraged to a point where <sighs> of all the people all the bald men all the bald kings out there <sighs> in our world they picked prince fucking william pick someone with a personality please. which also he has not been attractive since the 90s when he actually had hair you can be an attractive man and be bald I'm all for a bald king, but um, he is not hot now, and he's definitely not the world's sexiest bald man. And the no. internet, the internet agreed with me, and um, it ended up being a riotous spiral on Twitter, especially. And uh, the I wanted to share with you some of the the Twitter responses after it Please. was it was <laughs> announced that he has been crowned. Uh, here's a few of my favorites. One user wrote. Stanley Tucci, I will avenge you. <laughs> another one, another one was, let's see what else here. Um, another one was, Jason Statham didn't flip a car upside down so he could attach a bomb to a crane and transport it to just to be disrespected right? like this. <laughs> another, another one was, Prince William is no way the sexiest bald man when Shamar Moore is alive and well. <laughs> <laughs> and then well, here's another one mr worldwide doesn't deserve this slander <laughs> it just it just keeps getting good i i mean a lot of the stanley tucci ones are pretty great but even um Dwayne the rock johnson who was also a very sexy bald man and did not even get referenced 
to some horror. He actually responded, and he didn't respond for him himself. He responded in the best Twitter response. How in the cinnamon toast fuck does this happen when Larry David clearly has a pulse? And I was like, oh, no. Truth. So I am currently trying. So I just like my preferences hair. Um, I have plenty of bald friends and y'all are all beautiful men, but just my preference is a, a head of hair. And I have to say, I think the only person I'm really stoked on is Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah, personally. I would have to second that one. I mean, Jason Statham has that grumpy eye that I like, where it's kind of like a permanent scowl. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm here for that. Um, I I'm down for for the that. Beard absolutely. Helps. So if you don't have hair up there, at least have hair on your face elsewhere. I, I mean, think. I mean, freaking uh, Patrick Stewart is a hotter bald man, and he is old. Like, oh, yeah. the whole the whole point is is there's plenty it's of the gentle eyes. very sexy bald men out here. I mean, you could even say Bruce Willis is sexier than freaking Chris William. But I, I appreciated the Stanley Tucci um, stands that are out there that were like, I will avenge you, Stanley Tucci. You don't deserve this disrespect. This is all Stanley Tucci eraser, yeah. and I will not stand for it. And yeah, but it just, it just cracked me up. I mean, really, is it's almost felt like a sad grasp at like normalcy where it's like, sexiest bald man. Why would you pick Prince Will? And also, you could it pick like the sexiest toe. man in the world and just shave his head and he could win instead. Yeah. Take Paul Rudd and shave his head. He would still be hot. Sometimes AF. bald is a choice. I mean, Sometimes. yeah. I mean, a lot of the times... Not if, as often. If you're just thinning, gentlemen, friends, if you're thinning, just embrace you it. Shave. Shave it all. Head. You will be what is considered now to be a bald king. And I'm here for it. Yeah. Uh, it's better to be bald than that little weird little than wisp. Trying really, that little really wisp hard. of hair or wearing a hat. If you have wispy hair, it's okay. It's Can't okay. stand a hat. The last few people that I like intertwined with wore hats. And I'm sick of them. I don't want to see your dumb hat. <gasps> Aaron Paul. Aaron Paul. He's kind of bald. Yeah. Bald enough. He was bald. <laughs> bald enough. Yeah, yeah, I, that's basically, because when I saw that first post, I started Im- also doing what Brittany is doing right now, is immediately go- Googling <laughs> bald men. I've literally was, been staring at my phone like, where yeah. are the bald men? I mean, there's plenty of bald men out there that are definitely more attractive. I think Jason Statham is probably the hot, the hottest. Darrell Holloman is a male model. He is very smooth and hot looking. Um, I mean, I don't, I mean, Yule, Yule Brenner was bald in the fifties. He was hot. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's plenty of bald men that should have won or at least been whatever. But yeah, I'm like, I'm now looking at a picture of Prince William and I'm like, bald men, we appreciate you. Yeah. Jason Statham. There's a reason why he has married to like a model that's like 20 years younger than him. He is, he has a, the sexy, squinty, smoky eye, like, mm. and money, and money, I mean, money, money helps. <laughs> money. I mean, yeah. sometimes I'll look at celebrities and be like, oh, I mean, they're attractive. And then I look how tall they are. And I'm like, ah, yes. no wonder they're fine. Cause they have money. Cause <laughs> there are some people that are like five and feet, fame. like five feet tall. And I'm like, oh my God, like Tom Cruise. Very short. Oh my god, I had no idea. 
Tom Cruise? Tall personality. He, <laughs> he is very, yeah, very short. I mean, at least he has hair, but I mean, I would pick a bald man over Tom Cruise. For me, it's the personality that counts. Yeah, but he doesn't have a good personality. Damn, either. the bald man wins. Yeah. <laughs> bald man, you win this round. Curse your Scientology. Get out your glasses, get out your cups. We're going to talk some about something and drink it up. <laughs> clink, clink. Is that a, that could be the new song, right? Yeah, I mean, there's a rhyme in there somewhere, I think. Cup, up, um, clink, drink. I mean, yeah. songs don't really have to rhyme. Da, I mean, da, 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 speaking of lots, <laughs> lots of indie music. We're just trying to prep for the music portion of the episode. <laughs> um, anyway, so what we're drinking today is called the Solar Wind IPA. It's from Smog City. Um, they had a background I was not aware of. Apparently, they, <laughs> these, the people who work at Smug City used to work at this smaller brewery in Tustin, where we are nearby, um, called Tustin Brewing Co. They went off to do Smog City because it was more experimental and stuff. And it's an IPA. And um, Megan kind of put me on the IP ra- IPA route again. Welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Welcome to the Hopland. Yeah, the Hopland. Because I again, I used to be an IP person, and then I let it, d- well, dissipate as I couldn't really drink them anymore because I've had so many. Um, and this is very refreshing. It's a. Um, this is the uh, description that I'm reading. It's uh, shines forth with a full round aroma of citrus, stone fruit, and berries. The dominant character tangerine is bolstered by plum and mixed berry fruit to create a dance of delicate fruit character. <laughs> wow, with this balanced snap of bitterness. I agree with most of this. Um, I'm still developing my palate. I, I, pick, I could pick out the tangerine. It's tasty, super drinkable. Yeah, like, like piney, fruity. Um, Side tangent, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I'm looking on their website right now, and one of their, well, the co-founders. Guess what their last name is? is it, what, what is it? Porter. Porter. Oh, they're oh. meant to be beer people. I have a friend whose last name is Logger. Lucky. Yeah. Right. And um, I don't know. They all look very delightful. I'm assuming these ones are their husband and wife. Cute. That is really cute. Um. Yeah. Everyone looks very nice. Very. Very knowledgeable, lots of handsome people, probably all married. It's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Um, apparently, they, the series is like their experimental series where they release a new beer every 60 days. So I, I'm, I'd be stoked to see what else they come out with. I'm not sure how new in the series this beer is specifically, um, the Solar Wind IPA, but we're enjoying it for now. Yeah, and they do the 1% for the planet, which is a very nice organization. Yeah. Yay. Awesome. We love a company that gives back. Giving back. So cool. Awesome. Well, um, I hope you guys remembered your cheers from last time. Oh, yeah. We should do another cheers. Um, Mahayam. <laughs> Mahayam. <laughs> no, my- a cat would have spat. But a woman is a coming for this beer. Have no fear. We're drinking and not slinking. Sinking! <laughs> yes! All right, cheers! cheers. Now we talk about some music. Time for the music. Brothers and sisters and cousins. Do, 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 do. 
music time. Yeah, music is obviously something that's important to a lot of people. Um, it's been really important to me, um, especially in childhood and into young adulthood. It allowed me to process feelings, introduce me to new feelings, a way of communicating. And honestly, it's a language and can even be considered a science when you get into like music theory and whatnot. Um, so really excited to talk to you guys about that today. Um, but I think it'd be nice to start off kind of with our own music background. Uh, Megan, how has music been important in your life? Well, it's been interesting growing up in a conservative home. Um, certain music was allowed and certain music was not. Um, what I tend to kind of latch onto for kind of how I got to be where I am, am, at where I am music wise, um, really triggers down to like very specific memories, oddly enough. And like, to be fair, a lot of these specific memories aren't necessarily, um, my favorite types of music. But for some reason, they embed into your brain. Kind of like when you have a smell that it embeds into your brain where you're like, oh, that reminds me of that moment in childhood. Like a certain crayon smell or Play-Doh mm-hmm. smell or like a certain cologne. Like, like things will trigger your memories, right? Mm-hmm. And the same thing happens to me for songs. Songs trigger memories immediately for me. So I have like the – some of my earliest memories were really in the car. And um, my mom would always play K-Earth 101, mm-hmm. which back then, now it plays like 80s and 90s music because mm-hmm. we're at that point in our existence. But back then it played um, 60s and 70s music, 50s, 60s, and 70s music. Mm-hmm. So my earliest memories were like a lot of like shoebop, doo-doo-doo music. Yeah. As well as a sprinkling of like flower children and like 60s stuff. So... I mean, there was a lot of, like, that kind of music really early memory-wise. So that being the case, whenever I hear those songs randomly in, like, a commercial or even just on, like, a random, like, shuffling playlist, I will be like, oh, like, that's so sweet. But I'm really bad at remembering artists. I'm really good at remembering songs. So Mm -hmm. people will be like, oh, what's your favorite artist or whatever? And I'm like... Well, Can I sing it for you? <laughs> I'm like, uh, I, I have a lot of favorite songs. So, like, when you look at my phone and when you look at a lot of my playlists, you're like, this is all over the place. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it's music that has been <laughs> that's basically, like, 20 years or older. I've been getting better at a lot of, like, more modern music, but because of how I was raised, I kind of felt, like, 10 years behind in a lot of music. Yeah. Because onward, as we got older more 80s music came into play because I started hanging out more with my dad and my dad was in a band for a very long time and wasn't also a band when I was growing up and I'm sure he's in a band now. Um, but uh, so like weird, different music tastes, but also a lot of 80s new age stuff kind of came in because he played in a uh, rockabilly band. He played in a punk, nice. he played in a punk band um he's played in an irish jig band like that's cool um so he's very proficient in like you know guitar bass and mandolin and other weird instruments Mm -hmm. um so i got more into like 80s music because of him 
And then the 90s hit, and my mom really got into Santana. I remember Santana. Hell yeah, of course. Like, like yeah. So, like, that memory is very embedded in my brain. But a lot of, like, 50s and 60s and 70s music is the music that I tend to lean towards, Mm -hmm. as well as a lot of 80s music. Um, But recently, maybe not recently, maybe, like, the last, like, six or seven years, I've been trying really hard to just kind of go down rabbit holes and get more into more modern music. Mm-hmm. But what's funny is I'm still, I feel like five years behind. I'll discover an album and I'll be like, oh my God, guys. So I, this good. super cool band I just found. Um, have you heard of them? And they're like, uh, bruh, like that album came out in 2010. Like, yeah. you're so behind. I'm like, oh, I just discovered it and listened to it. And it yeah. Because I'll hear a lot of this music and like, I worked in a coffee shop for most of my most of my existence in my young adulthood so a lot of indie music I'd been listening to for the last like 16 years and Mm -hmm. I never realized it I would just listen to because it's a shuffling radio station right essentially Uh so it would just be random songs I never really sat down and listened to an album until maybe like the last like five years Mm -hmm. so I start to appreciate things more so I don't know I have a very odd Really, I love music, mm-hmm. and I'm listening to things constantly. If I'm not listening to a podcast, I'm listening to some sort of music. But I tend to kind of shuffle around, like, the same musics. Yeah. And then I tend to, if I find a song I really like, I'll put it on repeat. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's an ADD thing or whatever. I'll play the shit out of it. But I'll get into, like, phases. Since I think it's because of my childhood. Just, uh-huh. like, different radio stations would be different phases. Um, same thing for me. I I went down like a rabbit hole and was listening to a heck ton of Beatles for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, I had a lot of mixtapes and mix burn CDs. If you remember mm-hmm. those, um, I had a lot of friends burn me CDs. And back then you couldn't really like, there was no way to know what was on the CD unless you made the CD. Oh yeah. So I had so many different mix CDs. Mm-hmm. And music that I had listened to for probably a decade before I realized what, who the artists were. Wow, no, no way. No joke. Because I didn't get like any of like the iTunes stuff until later. So I was relying on these mixed CDs. Are for, you playing in like your car? Yeah, for most of my college years. And then later, finally, once I got like an iPod or an iPhone or whatever, and I had to like digitally type in the song name or the artist name, mm-hmm. I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> I literally had no idea because all of my music in the beginning was listening to the radio or listening to a burn CD. Probably wish she had Shazam. Yeah. <laughs> well, that like, would have made things so much easier. Yeah. Well, and so it, it really affected how I listen to music these days. Yeah. Because I listen to music by just listening to it. I don't like attach myself to an album or an artist until I find one song mm-hmm. that I like and then I'll attach myself to that song. And then I'll go down the rabbit hole and see if the rest of the album is good. Okay. So I have a very interesting way of listening to it. But I've now discovered a lot of really good artists, and I feel like I've gotten a little bit more knowledgeable. And Mm -hmm. I love concerts. I love going to live music. I'm a great concert buddy because 
I will not know who the person is and I'll be like the biggest so fan. So stoked. Because I, I, and that's how I also find really good music is they're more knowledgeable and they just want a concert buddy. I'm like, oh yeah, I'll go. I'm never going to say no to a concert. And mm-hmm. then I might go and be like, well, oh, I don't really like that genre, but I won't know because they'll tell me the band name and I'll be like, yeah, I'm down to go. Yeah, I'm down. So I'm like the ultimate, you know, band friend because um, I have such an eclectic taste in music. I'll basically listen to anything really i'll keep this in mind then especially as concerts are coming around yeah because like for example i would love to take you to a kishibashi concert whenever he comes back to town because like your mind will just be oh yeah and then when i lived in san francisco there were so many like free events oh yeah i bet Uh, one of the things i did because i hadn't met anyone i was meeting new friends and i moved to a strange city uh one of the fun things i did i always recommend this y'all i don't know if they do it now anymore but really in any city but san francisco they do it where they you could type in like free san francisco events mm-hmm. there's some sort of website you could go on to facebook too yeah and it would list like a specific on their specific website and advertise for them and you could sign up for group events like kickball or oh cool there's a museum free day we're going in a group but yeah so one of the cool things about san francisco is they had a lot of like free music events either live venues like Mm -hmm. inside or like a concert or whatever or they'd just be playing stuff so you could go and see like weird art exhibits that had music and shit like it's just fucking crazy i went on a few dates with people where they were just like oh yeah we're going this like cool you know, show. event, show, and it's just basically, like, a, a screen with, like, weird Icelandic scenery and then some sort of weird, like, Gregorian music. <laughs> some weird-ass <laughs> some weird music. It's like, oh, look at me, I'm so smart in this warehouse. This was like, you know, very industrial, but, you know, it's so, um, yeah, it's, it's strange. I, I love it, but I'm not knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoy all types of music, mm-hmm. but I really do think, and I don't actually don't mind it, the way that I was raised through radio and through just kind of songs and mixtapes and stuff. I never really got into like a, like a band phase until gotcha. later in life. To this day, I don't think I have a favorite band. That's a really hard question, still, to be fair. Still went to concerts, yeah. still enjoyed things, but I never was the hardcore fan. I feel like music purists wouldn't understand it because, like, oh, unless you, like, know all the lyrics and you know all this and know all that, you're not, like, a fan. It's like, well, I can like a couple songs and Yeah, that's so true. I don't fan. think anyone should judge someone. Not every song's what... a banger, if you know what I mean. Like, geez, some songs are better than others. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, there are some people who will be, like, really strict on, like, oh, they you like this band? Well, do you know this album? Do you know this? Like, this came out this year, and those people kind of intimidate me the same way sometimes. I have a lot of movie friends, and they're the same way with movies, where if I don't know, like, the actor or actress or the, um, the year was made, I could see them, like, their eyes kind of glaze over, like, oh, you can't connect with me, but I can. I feel like it's probably the same thing with you with music. Like, you, you like, yes, I can connect to music, but I'm just not, I don't know all the facts. I don't know all about it. And which is, I think it's fine. There's gatekeepers. Totally I hate a gatekeeper. I, yeah, gatekeeper, I can't, I, I don't think you, anyone should be a gatekeeper for anything. Like, everyone should be open to trying things out um, and not having to be an expert in order to feel accepted into that. Yeah, I culture. mean, like, I can nerd out about stuff, but I definitely try, or at least try not to be a gatekeeper. Uh, you see a lot of the gatekeeping with a lot of um, nerd cultures, and as a nerd, I am upset by this. Mm-hmm. Because we as the nerds, 
um, are not always accepted into the society, and we should uh, join hands with our brethren, our fellow nerds, and realize that, hey, if someone's interested um, in, you know, a, a genre of nerddom that someone else is interested in, mm-hmm. um, you should welcome them with, with open arms and be like, welcome. We are all accepting here in nerddom. We yes. are not like the non-nerd people who will just be mean and make fun of you in high school and trip you on your way to math class. Mm-hmm. But here we are getting tripped on in the internet math class so, of the of the internet where they're like, get off this web page. You don't know what you're talking about. Um, Obi-Wan Kenobi doesn't like being called Ben. Or oh I just, you know, like that kind of junk. I'm yeah. sure he loves being called Ben. I think he probably prefers it than... Obi-Wan. Oh, my gosh. Probably. It's a real name. I'm just kidding. In our culture, it is. Uh, it's a real name. I'm like, what is Obi-Wan? Get out of here. So I feel like I am a good person for you to talk to. That's why I'm here. Yes, because I have been the opener of the gate to some people when it comes to music, and I'll explain why in just a moment. Um, just to give you all a background of my music uh, influence in my life. Well, I also grew up in kind of a conservative background. However, my parents did play a lot of music around the house. And also I was lucky to have a good music education growing up. Um, for some reason, my elementary school did a great job at teaching us about different genres. I remember having an Ella Fitzgerald CD as in first grade and then listening to jazz in second grade. Um, third grade, I got introduced to the Bee Gees. In fourth grade, I was listening to the Beatles for a good decade. Um, essentially, uh, I learned a lot about different genres and also played instruments growing up, a lot of instruments. My grandparents... Uh, specifically my dad's side loved music uh every time I went to their house it would always be 50s karaoke uh which was awesome he would always play the 50s and 60s station in his car my yeah favorite it's an underestimated genre of music I I completely agree and the Bee Gees uh were around for a long time they did great things I Um, realized the songs that I was listening to were the Bee Gees, were the Beatles, were Stevie Nicks, until, like, at least I was in my teens. Like, that was what's so frustrating about the radio is, I mean, occasionally they would introduce who the song Otherwise, they're just playing stuff. They're just playing music, yeah. right? So, like, I remember <laughs> discovering, like, oh, I really like this song. And then I looked it up, and I'm like, the fuck? This is a Fleetwood Mac song? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I like, know them. Like, <laughs> I mean, I have very specific genres that I am obsessed with, but... It, actual artists is where i am lacking and that's yeah, where that's, that's where my frustration lies is because then the gatekeeping oh uh, it's okay don't worry um so i listened to a bunch of different genres growing up i remember trying to expand my genres because uh i listened to again a lot of class you could say classical artists um classic rock uh u2 my mom was obsessed with u2 we listened to a lot of that growing up how do you feel about joshua tree that was her favorite album was so apparently it's a very heated debate really about you two i was not really versed in you two i'm still mildly annoyed that it got forced onto my phone ipod yeah or <laughs> itunes whatever that was kind of but weird. i i mean all i remember is that album cover 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I never listened to it because I was upset. I, I don't think people should be forced to listen to anything. So that was like, I, I mean, obviously you had to click on it to listen to it, but I'm like, mom, oh, this is interesting. Although, um, in sixth grade, I would have been stoked because, so as I started listening to more music, um, I really wanted to be able to listen to what I wanted to listen to, not just what mom and dad did. So I remember in sixth grade, I asked for an iPod. And um, I remember seeing the commercial for the iPod and in the commercial, they were playing a bunch of cool songs. And I was like, I love this. That like, commercial was iconic. It was so good. And I was like, I love all of those songs. I want those songs on my iPod. So my dad drove me to Costco for my birthday. I got my iPod. I sat in the car, unpackaged it, turned it on and was very upset whenever I saw that there was no music loaded onto the actual iPod. And my dad was like, what's wrong? And I was like, there's no music. I was like, but don't worry, it has a game. It had like this one little ping pong game. I immediately went home, he downloaded iTunes and figured out what the heck I'm going to listen to. So I grabbed all my parents and my favorite CDs, put them on iTunes. And then I went to the iTunes store and the first song I bought was Life is a Highway by Rascal Flatts. Hell yeah. Don't know why, but that was the song I was listening to. Then um, probably just saw Cars or something, I guess. But <laughs> anyway. I enjoy that ride at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. It is a delight. I never was a fan of the movies, but I'm also not a redneck, so. That's fine. Maybe that's why, but I will watch you know it. What? I won't hate but that ride is delightful. Megan, life is a highway. And I want to ride it. Rides all day long. It's a fun song. Anyway, um, so I got my iPod. was super stoked about it. Uh, I was glad to be able to listen to anything I wanted. However, I noticed that my music taste plateaued at that point, too, because I had my parents' CDs, what I was used to listening to, and not much else. And so... Uh, friends at school started listening to rap i was growing up in san antonio texas and so r&b and rap at that time were really big in my area and so i remember getting my radio and turning it on in my room and like scanning the stations like i gotta find rap i gotta find rap and finally i found i think i found rap it was like it was in Spanish, so I didn't understand anything, but it sounded close to what my friends were listening to. And I was like, all right, this is it. This is the station. And I was sitting in the middle of my room with my radio, listening to this rap song, like bobbing my head, like, yeah, I'm going to come to school tomorrow with my song, and everyone's going to think I'm cool now. Um, <laughs> my dad <laughs> opens up my door, and he's like, Brittany, what are you listening to? <laughs> and I'm like, um music and he's like that doesn't sound very nice like a typical white dad and he's like you should turn that off i'm like yes sir turns it off puts in a phil collins cd this is my life uh so (laughs) i like really really tried to venture out to different music uh genres as a kid but just didn't work out due to my family culture um i learned more from friends and that was okay but i never got immersed in it um as much as my friends did And then I remember specifically being homesick one day in seventh grade and there was nothing on television, but I found the VHS channel and the VHS channel had the top 100 music videos of all these different genres. And I watched that for hours and I was just like, I love music videos. I love all this new music. I had that same experience. Give me more. Um, 
when I when my parents first divorced and we would go visit my dad's every other weekend, mm-hmm. um, he had you know, a few channels. Channel, mm-hmm. More channels than my mother did. So I remember yeah. being very excited because I was like, I get to watch some cable television, mm-hmm. which means two things, which means I get to watch like random channels like the VH1 channels mm-hmm. or watch like um, those junk TV shows like The Simple Life and whatever. Oh, yeah. And then also like late night Oxygen Network for some like softcore porn situation <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where you're like, ooh, there's boobies. What's like, that? what's going? And you know, you're huh? you're like 13 and you're like, ooh, they're making out. Mm. It's like 3 a.m. and I'm like in a little sleeping bag. I'm just like, ooh. But uh, I romance, romance. But I specifically loved the one channel where they would do marathons all day. Of, yep. I love the 80s. I love yeah. the 90s. I love whatever. Mm-hmm. And they would do specific sections just on music videos. Yeah. And I remember being like, oh, this is so, so cool. Great. And they, they don't do that anymore. I know. I, to be fair, I don't have cable, so I'm not sure. But I just, I don't see anything like that anymore. It's just on YouTube now or whatever. However else they stream music videos mm-hmm. somehow. Yeah. It's not, it's not on TV anymore. I think it somehow gets exploded onto I'm, I'm assuming the internet I, I know when lady gaga first became like a thing mm-hmm. music videos started coming back because her music videos were so like artsy. cinematic yeah bad romance came out and i remember we had our computer it was a big old fucking desktop thing and we had a dial up in our little mm-hmm. stupid kitchen you, you you remember when like <laughs> until you had like the there was either a in, when you grew up in like the late 90s, early 2000s, you had two options for parental use of computer if it wasn't your own. Mm-hmm. There was a desktop in the kitchen or there was desktop in the quote unquote office or computer yep, room. Yep, we had a computer room and that was the dial up and then it was like, yeah. Yeah. except at ours the time was, I was playing the Neopets. Yeah, I was in the kitchen on AIM till like two in the morning, but I remember I also would like go and find like random music videos. Nice. And I remember being like, oh wow, this is great. Yeah, and so the internet was a great resource and in fact, uh, so, yeah, in seventh grade, I was like, music videos, rock. I like Panic the Disco now. And then eighth grade, uh, I got a Facebook. And at that time when Facebook was first a thing, there were all these pages that you liked. Like, I like to throw things at the fan and watch it fly across the room was a page. And you would like it and be like, look how quirky and funny I am. Maybe it's my age. Maybe it's because I was like... 13 13 13 is a weird ass weird ass age i did Um, weird ass shit when i was 13 too don't even so i luckily i got to be weird weird as fuck but with a facebook and so one page i liked was don't don't hate the music on or like don't judge the music on my ipod it's my in all capitals ipod and i like this page and I remember the owner, the the creator of the page was like some guy in the East Coast and he would always post really cool music recommendations. And so I was like, this page is so cool. And I would just like listen to all the <laughs> all the music that he posted. And then I eventually started like chatting with the page um, and then we'd like throw music recommendations back and forth. And he introduced me into a lot of stuff. Um and I started talking, meeting different friends in school. I had a friend who was into Screamo, tried to show me Screamo, and a friend who was into, like, techno pop. 
showed me techno pop. Luckily, I was in, had a lot of friends with different music tastes. Not really like I had a lot of friends. I had like four, but I talked to a lot of people who would show me music because that was the only thing I knew how to talk about. Um, and it was really great. I made mixtapes uh, for my or mix CDs with a couple of friends. Uh, if someone liked a band I showed them, I would immediately burn them a CD and Aww. give it to them and be like, I, I love this. I forgot to bring them because I'm dealing with car crap, mm -hmm. but I actually found all of my CDs mm -hmm. from my youth, mm -hmm. and I thought it was a nice little snippet of kind of my beginnings as well as my past because I had some Aww. old CDs that my parents had bequeathed, basically my dad. Yeah. My mom's CD choices I could pick from were like, okay, <laughs> the Fantasia soundtrack. Nice. Um, the Hook soundtrack. Classic. Fucking slaps. I don't care what anyone fucking says. That's Whenever I want to get pumped up, I'll put on fucking one of the Lost Boys song and mm -hmm. I'm like getting ready for war. Like... Uh fucking that's that, that full album rips john williams is is the tits mm -hmm. but um what else did my mom have enya oh my gosh sarah mclaughlin oh yeah movie movie soundtracks were huge like i remember my art teacher in sixth grade burned me the napoleon dynamite soundtrack excellent because i was in love with it i just love it. and she i remember watching it in her class and being like i need this soundtrack and she's like i have it i'll burn it for you and she printed out the cover and everything it was Aww. so sweet thank you miss madokin love you yeah so i mean like my mom had like mom music yeah um what the fantasia soundtrack like weird family friendly stuff stuff yeah um and then my dad was where i kind of started picking stuff from which was mm -hmm. A lot of like social distortion and Depeche Mode Sick. and like other random band music. So I had a few like old CDs, old CDs. Mm -hmm. And then you could kind of see when I started buying my own music. And then there was a little pocket of a bunch of different burn CDs. And yeah. all the burn CDs have like Sharpie written. Oh, yeah. Like, of course. Sometimes you got tape, crazy and you like, wrote in three different colors. Yeah. Like my, <laughs> I had a lot of like dude friends and they would make me a bunch of mixtapes, which, you know, to this day, I had to look up specific songs on there. And I was like, yeah. oh, I didn't realize I've been listening to this band for years. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, okay. There was one mixtape that just had a, the, the whole thing was covered with the words Mars Volta. And I'm like, oh. Oh. This must wow. be a Mars Volta CD. But Are you saying that you don't listen to music? Mars Volta is a great band. They're excellent. Yeah. But I that was the only burn CD that actually had the band name on it. Oh, that's funny. Everything else like just said name. mix, mixtape, mix this or whatever. So I was like, okay. But I knew where the Mars Volta was. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, a lot of indie music was all basically on the mixtapes. Okay. But then um, a sprinkling of like... Katy Perry's first CDs oh, in yeah, there. Yeah, for sure. I listen to Katy Perry. I listen um, to a lot of pop music too. Like I hope I'm yeah. not saying like oh, I listen to all these different genres. Yeah, I listen to a lot of pop music because well, there. I mean, if you wanted to connect somewhere. to the people in high school too, yeah, people listen. If people are talking about Katy Perry, I'm gonna check out Katy Perry. People talking about Justin Bieber, I'm gonna listen to Justin Bieber. I checked out every like pop artist. Yeah, I, could. So, I mean, I got a sprinkling of pop in there, yeah. and then I had a sprinkling of mixtapes, some old ass CDs, and then bunch of other like random little bands like the shins is in there somewhere like, mm -hmm. uh, like, like the you know just it's a little blue cd just nice i love it so much but yeah you know just like little but it was a nice little snippet of basically 
you know, 2002 to 2009, mm-hmm. and I just found it so delightful. Because I think after 2009, around 2010 is when I got my iPhone, and then everything just went digitally. Yep. So this is a, it's basically like Makes a little, sense. this little CD album is a time capsule of a decade. Oh, and I just, I found it delightful. Um, and I put it, I still have it in storage somewhere, but maybe I'll, I'll find it and take some pictures of it. Oh my gosh. Put it on the gram. Mine's upstairs, I could show. <gasps> I can show you mine upstairs. Yeah, because it's just a hoot and a half, and I plan on putting a lot of the songs on our um, Spotify playlist slash channel. We'll talk about it later. But anyway, Mm -hmm. sorry about that tangent, but uh, I found it delightful. The final CDs? Absolutely. They're they're all so cute. I'm just like, oh, they don't don't do that anymore. I had saved a little album art and put in a little Mm -hmm. envelope. There's an old ass AFI like CD in there. Oh, like, wow. I just you know you could start to see where the angst started to kick in. Oh, yeah, and you're for like, sure. oh, excellent. Here it is. Uh, music videos on television, sure. Talking to friends, but then, then, well, I I talked about last episode too. I had a boyfriend who uh, introduced me to a lot of really really good music, and thank you. Lots to of him. my boyfriends did. I forgot to mention. I mean, I did. Yeah, friends are going to be a great Almost resource. Almost everyone for that I music. dated influenced my music taste mm-hmm. as well, um, including my like last last boyfriend. Mm-hmm. He very much kind of molded me into the <laughs> the hipster that I am today. Wow! God damn it! And I'm okay. just a beer drinking. I'm basically him, but in a woman form now. And I don't know how I feel about that. As long as you're happy. I feel happy, but I like, I will do certain things that I'm like, he did that when I dated him when I was 25 and he was 30 and now I'm 30 and I'm doing the things that he's doing. And I'm like, is this a 30 year old thing? Maybe. Probably. It's probably a 30 year old hipster thing. I'm just crotchety. Um, I'm like, now I understand. No, no, I understand. It's okay. No, no I don't want to understand him. I'll see, I'll see you. I'll see you soon over there. <laughs> Give us some time. Join us. We're all crabby. <laughs> We're all crabby and drink great beer. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, uh, so with high school, I decided I went to start going to concerts. My dad joined me at them. It was great. I realized I love music so much. So where did I want to go to college? I wanted to go to the live music capital of the world, Austin, Texas. Um, I moved to Austin in 2013, and I probably have been to over, definitely over 100 shows, so, so many shows, because in Austin, Texas, there is a show every single night. And in college town, too, people had shows at co-ops and living rooms on the street at school. Um, there was so many venues in town. People were always doing stuff. You're surrounded by musicians because you're not the only person who went to Austin because they like music. Like I said, there's so many different shows. And I had the lucky opportunity, even though I had extreme social anxiety, I was like, you know what, I'm going to become a radio DJ because they had a radio station at my school. Which is no joke, like a dream job for me. Oh my God. I don't know if I'd be good at it because like I said, I'm not that knowledgeable Ah! in artists names, but I love, I love listening to the radio 
so much. Radio also seems like a sick gig where you just like show up and you're like, whatever, no one can see me. Yes, yes and no. Um, so kind of like podcasting. Kind of like podcast. It's so great. Like. We get to tell our jokes and we'll laugh and then we'll can't hear the silence and it's perfect. Um, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's how I used to see my radio show. Um, so when I first started at KVRX, I was like. I was, I felt the same way you do now. I was like, I listen to music. I enjoy music, but I don't know music. And so, uh, fortunately for me, and maybe unfortunately for some people who would get nervous by this, but our radio station was not allowed to play anything that had over a hundred, no, over, I'm so sorry, over a million listens on Spotify. So if, if they oh. had a song that went over a million, we can no longer play them. For example, my fiance's band, not even well known. I wouldn't be able to play them because they are too popular. Um, we had to By play downloads, though, right? They couldn't hit the top one hundred for charts in general, albums or singles. Here's my complaint about that, and mm-hmm. this is where I know a little bit smidgen. Yes, uh, correct me if my, I'm wrong, but I really think that it has to do with the genre. Because yeah, okay. one mm-hmm. one band that I actually am a fan of, I wouldn't call it a super fan. Yes, but I do. I know enough of the music where I can refer to them by name. Yeah, and the band is called The Main. Yeah, I like The Main. Mm-hmm. I think they're great. Mm-hmm. They're never on the radio. Mm-hmm. They're popular enough to tour mm-hmm. in the same kind of realm as Fiance's band. I wouldn't call them emo. I mean, they're yeah, they're, I they're emo. Mean. They're emo. They they played on Warp Tour. Kind of like it's they're kind of, indie boys. Indie. Emo kind indie of emo can, sad boys. Indie emo vibes. I like yes. them. They're all great. Um, lovely dudes. And um, they just don't get played on the radio. They're mm-hmm. popular enough where they're, you know, sustaining their own selves as mm-hmm. recording artists. But, but that's what bums me out is there's so many artists that are popular but not popular enough. Sure. And I, I completely understand that too. Um, so... Yeah, like you said, it does matter by genre, of course. Like, uh, fortunately, those charts only refer to the top 100 charts. If they hit the top of the metal charts, uh, it depends on how big the metal chart is. Like, if they, again, then that's when we go back to listens and downloads. Over a million is a no. Like you're saying, well, in general, a million is not a lot in the grand scheme of things. So this radio station's goal was to make people listen to music they would have never otherwise ever heard. So, for example, you're talking about The Main. That's awesome. I've heard about The Main. There's plenty of other people who've heard about The Main. So it's time to give uh, other people a chance, I guess, to shine. Which is great. It's super great. And also it it goes back to the, the legality of it, too. So with some people, you would need the rights to music to play it. And with these smaller bands, you don't really have to worry about the rights per se. And um, you're talking about your CD collection and how it's like kind of a shame that CDs aren't around. What's really cool is that the radio station, CDs is how we got music um, half the time. Whoa. So uh, when I, I had my radio show, Face Me For Radio, and then eventually I went in to do Catch A Wave, which was a surf rock radio show that actually did pretty well. It got... Finally got like a primetime slot, mainly because <laughs> Brittany Leslie became a programming director. So I loved the radio station nice. so much that I never assert myself in any way, shape, or form. But I applied to be programming director of the radio station, which basically means I make the schedule and I train 
every DJ about the laws and how to run the soundboard and how to be a good DJ. It was so fun. It was the best time of my life. It's a dream job, like you said, but someone has to die for you to get those jobs nowadays. Um, with, With the university radio station, of course, people are rotated every maximum eight years or so uh depends on how long you're in school for um so i was production direct uh programming director and i would train new djs so we would get we would tell the new university students hey you want to be a dj hey do you like music come talk to me and they would come to the radio station on saturday morning and i would go over the rules like hey that you can't play this type of music, this type of music, this type of music. It all has to be super like underground slash no one has heard of it before. And immediately I see dread in their eyes. I know because I was that person. One of the first questions on the test is, what would you like to play? And most of the time, these uh, new college students couldn't play any of the artists that they planned on playing. And I tell them, don't you worry because look over there. I point to the corner and in the corner is this giant bin, and it was filled with CDs sent to us from labels all over, from across the world, from, um, like, can't, we got a lot from Canada, we got, uh, from every state, people would send in their CDs. Whenever I, I hosted Catch a, Ra- Catch a Wave, um, I had a lot of local surf rock bands send me their CDs. It was really cute. I got, like, this one package in the mail. It's, like, to DJ Britta. And it had, like, they drew a surf wave on it with a bunch of Snoopy stickers. And it was adorable. Yeah. So, um, those CDs, uh, it was called the New Bin. DJs could take a CD out, um, take it home, listen to it, and then they would write a review for donation hours. And they'd put it in our library. Our library is separated by genres, and we had thousands of CDs. And if you didn't know what to play on your show, go to the the library, grab a CD off the shelf. It tells you recommended track. Put it in and uh, listen to a brand-new band you never heard of. And my favorite discovery of all time, I'm so proud of this one, was when I was working at the radio station, I got the CD for a Canadian band uh, called Always, it's always with two Vs, and I listened to them, and I was like, this is my favorite band ever, and they didn't have any plays on Spotify, now if I were to go to Spotify and look up Always, just to give you some kind of idea, they, they're the opener band for The Strokes now, Oh, nice. Their top song has 54 million plays. And I was so happy to be like, to know that I... You were part of their journey. Found them, yeah. Someone was listening randomly to the radio station and was like, This song slaps. This is great. It's beautiful. I'm going to send it to a producer. And then blue, blue, blue. And then some Monopoly mustachey man is like, Ha ha, I will give them money. We press the success button for you. (laughs) And they blast off into fame. Yay. Um, So yeah, that was a really, it was a really, really, really cool job. And because of that rule, I was forced to listen to new music all the time. I would have, I have like, plenty of spotify playlists and the way i would build my playlist is i would find a couple songs i was stoked about i would click on related artists and then i would would go down that rabbit hole i'd be like okay i like this artist like click on related artists click on related artists and you just go down 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 till you've gone through so many related artists and eventually 
all those artists have like maybe a thousand plays, 10,000 plays, and you almost get excited for them because you're like this, you, I get to play you on the radio. And then you hit them up on Twitter or Instagram being like, I'm playing your song. And then they'd be like, wow. And it's like, it's, a, it's just a party. It's a party of music. They're happy. You're happy. Your listeners are happy knowing that they're supporting local radio. And I even had an, one time I went to an Ara record shop in Houston, picked up a CD off the counter because it was free, put in my car radio, loved it, um, told the artists I was playing them on my radio station. They happened to be in town, ended up coming on my radio show, and then ended up making a music video for them. So cool. Of course, this is with my co-host, which was my ex-boyfriend at the time, um, and uh, we discovered a lot of music together, but... Honestly, that that job forced me to listen to new music. And I listened to a lot of... I ended up gravitating towards indie rock and uh, surf rock. Once I graduated from college, I was kicked off my role as program director. I lost my radio show and all happiness in life. I'm just kidding. Um, I started going to a lot of concerts because, again, it was still Austin. There was still music around. And when I moved away from Austin, I was in music limbo. I still kind of am. And because I was forced to listen to a bunch of new music and find things that were along the surf rock genre for my show, I couldn't listen to surf rock anymore. And I'm still kind of like, I love surf rock. I have always have an affinity for it, but I, I can't actively look for it. So I started reverting to listening to stuff with weird time signatures. So I listen to a lot of math rock right now. Um, my fiance is in a metal band, so I'm listening to a lot of metal. And now I'm kind of going down this route of like prog rock. And I think a good way to stay interested in music is to not listen to the same stuff and almost get yourself hyped for a specific genre. Like a year ago, I was hyped up on shoegaze, which is essentially is just like super spacey rock. And it's really cool for like nice drives in the rain and we're going to be making playlists soon for all these moods and we'll listen to all these different genres and if you if you're interested we can even create genre oriented playlists but right now I think we're going to focus on moods so yeah that's a extensive history of music and Britney's life um but I would love to share with you some music recording history in general yes oh please awesome. i love history i'm gonna put my little, my little history pants on my little history <laughs> nerd goggles <laughs> and my little history pants on yeah i got my 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 last sip of my oh beer. my gosh i have my last sip too all right, all right let's check it go oh. space jam song space jam song we don't have rights to yeah exactly <laughs> Uh, yeah, speaking of um, owning music anymore, no one really owns music anymore. We stream it. But there was a time when people did own music. And there's a time when people did own music. Um, in the 1800s, for example. So, <laughs> Thomas... In, oh, sorry. In the ye olden days. In ye olden 1800s we're going, days. We're going way back in the we're way back machine. back far, far away to the phonograph. Um, the phonograph. Would this be like, um, Bridgerton time period? Or is that live music? I know music history, not real history. Well, <laughs> just kidding, just well, you kidding. you said the 1800s. 1800s, what happened? Civil uh, War. <laughs> We're in a Civil War period. There was a great Civil War. And, oh, 
Oh, sorry, that's Star Wars. Never Every mind. Every history person's gonna hate me. It's, it's fine. Gonna... We're not a history podcast. We're a shenanigans podcast. This is for shenanigans. Let's continue. Ah, but I know a little history, uh, mainly because I like also took some notes today. But in 1877, Thomas Edison recorded "Mary Had a Little Lamb" on the phonograph. Why did he pick Mary Had a Little Lamb? I don't know. Maybe it sounded pleasant. Maybe it was just like, what am I going to record now? Uh, I mean, I guess it's the most pleasant of all nursery rhymes back then. I mean, he could have picked a, it doesn't have a morbid a one. More, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so, touche. Okay, didn't he, or was it the, who, did he also invent the phone? Uh, yes, he did. Okay, he did. so apparently this could be just a random weird rumor via you know reddit but uh you know how we answer the phone and we go hello yeah apparently whoever invented the phone was trying to have the word be ahoy instead Uh. of the phone or hello on the phone so can you imagine if we were all just like ahoy ahoy (laughs) oh my gosh ahoy ahoy how are you so i don't know i thought you were talking about the inflection and like as in, we say hello with a question mark because we're never really sure if the person. On the other now we know us. who's calling. It's still a phenomenon. But uh, I mean, God, I had to explain to someone why we use the term "hang up the phone." Oh no way! Because we don't hang up, we phones, don't hang up phones anymore. anymore. We push buttons. Do we, we drop them in the crack between the seat and freak out while we're driving. <laughs> we butt dial them. Hang up! I can't hang up. Yeah, I, I, sorry that happened I, to me recently. I had, <laughs> I had to explain to my nephew what hanging up meant. Oh, he's like, why do we call it hanging up the phone? I'm like, well, because back in the olden days, we had cords and we actually had the phone on the wall. Mm-hmm. And he would hang up the receiver to click it off. But he was like, oh, that's dumb. And I'm like, yep. <laughs> yes, yes, my yes, dear. It is. it is quite dumb, but so is life. All right, yeah. sorry. Please continue. Totally <laughs> Ahoy. Okay. Ahoy. Um, so, yeah, 1877, the phonograph was invented by Thomas Edison. Um, and basically, audio waves could be recorded on a cylinder, which was played through you guys i hope you've seen a phonograph if not you should definitely google it. it's like basically this giant tuba looking thing uh where the audio would leave um but as soon as music could be recorded columbia records was formed um basically so music can be recorded and then sold distributed awesome you don't have to be going to live performances anyone could start owning music of course if you had the means to Eventually, those cylinders were compressed down into uh, flat discs that you guys might know as vinyl. These were uh, distributed in 1948 and was introduced as the long play because it's not just a song on a cylinder anymore. You could have multiple tracks playing. So you could be listening to music for a really long time. And vinyl actually remained the recording format for most of the 20th century. Also, I just have to say this just because everyone said it, and in case you haven't heard it, it's vinyl, not vinyls. Um, just The plural of vinyl is, is vinyl. vinyl. Yes. That, that is the end of my statement. I just had to kind say Kind of it. like... Um, fish. Fish. <laughs> Though I just, re- I just learned today that in my weird internet spirals mm-hmm. that octopus is octopuses. 
Not I, octopi. Wow. Everyone seems to think it's octopi. It's octopuses. Yeah, like I thought it was octopi. ES. It's ES. So it is octopuses. I mean, you could probably say octopi and no one would octopuses. make fun of you. Maybe a marine biologist would. But yeah, octopi is not correct. Dang, I feel bad for all the people who are saying octopuses who are right. People are like, stupid. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's octopuses. Octopuses, like thank you. E, like ES, not with two S's. Don't be crude. See, we're doing so much today. <laughs> you listener, oh my gosh. Um, Okay, so yeah, vinyl is super important. It's coming back. Um, but that came around in 1948. Ten years later, we have the RCA magnetic tape. Uh, that was in 1958, which honestly, I was super surprised to know because whenever I think of tape, uh, I think of the 80s and 90s, but no, it was around as soon as 1958. And the idea and concept of the tape honestly wasn't that cool on its own. Vinyl looked nice. It sounded nice. Tape wasn't super special. However, it allowed for some special things like eventually every car that was produced during that period had an eight track player in it. So long drives across the country weren't boring silence. Like let's look for the red car out the window. Instead you can be listening to the Beatles on your road trip. Right. So the tape, so cool. The tape, essentially what you're saying is it gave portability. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Where you, if you think about a vinyl record, I'm sure all you hipsters know out here, what a vinyl record looks like. It's a big yeah. honker, frisbee You'd looking fucker. You'd have to like wear a big old belt I mean, around you, your waist and then have a speaker on it. It requires a lot of accoutrements, which cost lots of money now. Yeah. Um, I still need to ask my dad if it exists, but apparently um, as part of like a bequeathment of adulthood, my dad apparently has a sick collection of vinyl oh, awesome. that I've heard about since my childhood, but I didn't really care. I was like, well, whatever. Digital music is the shit because I'm teen in the 2000s. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, vinyl, go. Th- then vinyl started coming back, and I'm like, fuck. Where is those limited edition vinyls that my dad was telling me about? And also, if you're sitting around in your room and like you have a record player, it's nice to pop on a vinyl. And then also learn how to be an album person and like really enjoy yeah. an album for what it is. Yeah, apparently somewhere in a in a storage unit somewhere is like 500 bajillion records mm-hmm. um of all limited edition like first from like the 70s like legit music and I'm sad that I don't know where it is. It's okay. It's it may look so, around. Worth so much money. Oh, wow. I bet. Yeah. Um, vinyls, vinyls coming back for sure. Uh, so it remains like a really popular recording format of the century. Um, but anyway, in speaking of tapes, we, they're in cars. Awesome. Then in 1981, Sony, they make a Walkman whenever, wherever. You could be on your runs listening to music. I had walks a walk, in the park. I had a Walkman. I, my mom had one. It was I so cool. saved up my little allowance mm-hmm. money and got one when I was 13 years old. Oh, nice. Guess what CD I bought and I would listen to it hmm. on repeat walking to school when I was 13. Hmm. Shrek. Hey now, you're all star. That sure was definitely on there. But anyway, yeah, the Shrek running to that song. The Shrek, the Shrek soundtrack. I like it. Like at the C, you would rotate in the Walkman. You see Shrek's face like peer through the little peek window every so often. I mean, I'm I'm gonna look up the the song list of it for right now. But that, like that 
that literally <laughs> Shrek soundtrack. I like the Shrek soundtrack. Oh it's my okay. God, it's great. The first movie, by the way. Yeah. And so um, in 1981, this was definitely like the tape Walkman, but of course that developed, that evolved into the CD Walkman. And, um, but at the same time that the Walkman was developed and like music is starting to become more and more popular, that's when MTV kind of came about. And this was so cool in that music started becoming even more of a culture. Like, yes, music was already culture, especially when certain genres. But um, now you had a music and an icon to go with it. So, like, artists started becoming, like, packaged and experienced. You had Madonna. You had Michael Jackson. They're, like, the stage performance music videos, those became a thing uh, with the rise of MTV. Um, and with MTV, then we started going into the digital age, like, bye-bye tape. Now it's the CD, baby, in um, 1982. Um, sales were booming for CDs. They literally sold billions and billions of dollars in CD sales. Um, so music could be put onto your computer, into CD players, into your cars. It was such a small flat disc, um, that could be downloaded and shared with friends. Like we, again, we're talking about mixtapes, mix CDs, those were super cool. You would go and just buy like a big fucking stack of them mm-hmm. and then give them to your friends and oh whoever gosh, yeah. had like a CD disc drive would burn a bunch of music and we'd pass it Did around. Did you ever go to FYE's? Yeah. Those were one of That's those stores. Where I got all my CDs. All mm-hmm. of my CDs were always bought used, which is why I'm consistently was back then like four years behind everyone was yeah. because I would go into the bin and just dig for dig. shit. Yeah. That's probably where I found the fucking Shreks. Oh my gosh. I mean, my first, ah. my first CDs that I bought with my allowance money was Avril Lavigne Under My Skin. Same. Um, And uh, the Princess Diaries 2 soundtrack. Same. I'll spread my wings and I'll learn how to fly. Yeah, I mean, honestly. Kelly Clarkson. I, I I think American Idol star. I think movies helped me find a lot of songs then, yeah. and yeah, they still do exactly. it now. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. I'm looking now on the Music the, the list better. of some of the Shrek songs that were on this playlist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was obviously Smash Mouth. Mm-hmm. I mean, duh. But there was also Bahamut. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, some Jason Wade. Um, some Rufus Rainray, that Hallelujah song. Oh, oh God. yeah. Uh, the Proclaimers <laughs> are on there. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, I'm like cracking oh, up. This is hilarious. That's really funny. Uh, but yeah, it's just a. You I mean it's, it's a it's a movie soundtrack. There's a mix of things that are on there, and I think you all had your movie soundtracks. I mean, the freaking Moulin Brother Rouge Bear, soundtrack was Bear. was okay. definitely. CD. Was it? Yeah, Moulin, Moulin Rouge. Rouge was really nice. Yeah, that was a, that was definitely in my scene. Gladiator series. had a great soundtrack. Oh yeah, um, A Knight's Tale. I had that soundtrack. Oh, that was. A Knight's Tale did a very good job in taking modern music and putting it in a fucking jousting movie. Nice. I mean, Heath Ledger is... But, I mean, that whole musical adventure of that movie is excellent songs Mm -hmm. if if you're looking for it. Yeah, we could definitely go on more, too, about Hmm. how much music, like, creates emotions, especially movies. Yeah, and they chose all modern music, which was what was crazy, like... The intro of A Knight's Tale, 
Well, and they, mm-hmm. they didn't like the behind the scenes series. They specifically picked modern music to be like, we wanted to put this modern music into this very medieval realm because we were thinking in the idea of being like the songs that they probably play with like the lutes and shit mm-hmm. was their modern music. People were rocking out to these music because that was like the new shit. Mm-hmm. So like one of the best parts of this movie is they're doing like the little dancing scene mm-hmm. where they're like la 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 and you know it's medieval dancing so they're like one two touch the hand do a twirl and they're like in a line and shit and, um, and then in curtsy and whatever mm-hmm. but then all of a sudden slowly with the lute music and the, the, the fiddle or whatever the fuck it is it starts to slowly mesh into Golden Years by David Bowie. Ooh. And then it just starts cool. grooving. And nice. then And then they just start fucking dancing. But wow. it's, it's still it a medieval emotion. movie. It's so yeah. good. Have you seen that movie? I haven't. You need to watch I'm it. I'm going to watch it. That's your homework. That sounds awesome. The intro is great, too, because they do the same thing. So the mm-hmm. intro is an intro of a joust. Yeah. And they're hyping up the crowd. And it's... We will rock you by a fucking queen, cool. and so it's like people like banging on their metal yeah, things, of and personalities they, and music. They, they picked their whole audience as to be look like medieval people from the country that they filmed in, yeah. And they're singing along to the crowd, and like it's it's such a good movie, so cool. especially for like a music tie-in. Yeah, yeah. Homework. Cool. Watch that movie. Nice deal. Got I will it. check in. Hell yeah. Um. Okay, cool. So, yeah, CDs, super cool. Um, unfortunately, because it, it was a digital age that only lasts for so long, in 1999, Napster became a thing, and a bunch of legal battles ensued, as a lot of people love music so much they want to listen to it for free. Um, and also, you want to share music with your friends, but you don't want to buy all your friends' CDs, so you find a way to download music Ill- illegally. I am personally guilty of downloading music illegally uh just because i had so many things i wouldn't listen to but i was 14 years old i can't afford all these cds and so it was just easy do i feel bad a little bit i had all my boyfriends do it i felt guilty and was like the internet's watching me i can't do it and they're like viruses we saw enough piracy warnings on our vhs's we know that it's bad (laughs) they got they scarred us in (laughs) the 90s they're like don't do it it's piracy is illegal yeah mcgruff the crime dog with the fbi logo yeah they really oh my gosh they really drove it home with that one mcgruff the crime dog really made me feel terrible (laughs) about everything that i did just imagining some dog be like just one sad tear like you stole that you stole that that one madonna song how dare you poor madonna poor john lennon (laughs) just kidding Uh, actually no uh yeah the beatles weren't even on streaming services for a good minute i remember when they did it was amazing um but there were people who tried to make this uh, dilemma a little bit easier to um, fix or solve, I guess, or they tried to mitigate it by creating 2001, the Apple iPod that came with the iTunes music library where people can purchase music digitally. It's not as expensive as a physical copy of a CD and also put it straight into a library that is organized for you and then can be listened to at any given moment, smaller than a Walkman. Um, if, again, if you're like me, your uh, iPod came with a uh, Pong on it, which was really cool. In sales did come back, um, but just a little bit 
Um, like I remember iTunes being really easy to navigate and I enjoyed buying music on there, but again, it's still money that you're spending and decisions that you had to make about like, who would I download and who am I not going to? Um, so physical downloads actually continued to a dwindle and more artists were actually forced to tour because of that. So that is why, thanks Napster, why my fiance is gone. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, people, like artists have to tour in order to make money now. And that's why, uh, like in the 2000s, world tours were so big. Merch sales were really important. Merch sales became a thing. So, so artists had to tour in order to make money. Um, which is okay. It's, it's a lot of work and, but it's not fair that artists were not getting paid to record their albums that they were forced to go across the country in order to, uh, make some moolah. So this problem, again, people are just trying to be like, how can artists still make money? What do we do? Uh, Pandora came around, subscription services came around, iHeartRadio I think was one of them, where people could listen to songs uh, online and then uh, artists would get paid thanks to ads. But then, 2011, Swedish startup Spotify uh, comes around. We all know we all know Spotify. We love Spotify. Find us on Spotify. You are listening to us on Spotify. They did a great thing and they licensed a library of music. So essentially they gave you access to every song ever in the palm of your hand. And and the only way you need to access it is just by listening to ads or you can pay a monthly fee and you get access to everything, which this is awesome. And it's how artists make a bulk of their profits nowadays. Is it a lot of money? Absolutely not. I've probably made, I probably have made one penny off my song on Spotify. Not even, not even. I'm being generous. Basically, people don't make money off of Spotify, but does it make their music accessible all around the world? Absolutely. Um, I was telling Megan this earlier. The, like a modern album that was actually successful was, um, oh my gosh, Radioheads and Rainbows. And they made money because they did a name your price type of thing with their album. So they're like, hey, you can pay me whatever you want. And so if you're like a fan, I, I would throw in a dollar for an entire album. This sounds great. And they were able to keep a lot of the profits. I'm sure people paid full price for it. Um, and I was talking with my friend and we were thinking that this would be a really cool idea for artists is if they were to do a kind of a Patreon type of thing and like they would have their stuff on Spotify, but then they could really do like secret releases for patrons or people can pay for their album download on Patreon. So I thought that would be a cool idea. But yeah, that's basically where music's at right now. Streaming is the thing, not really owning things. I have a vinyl collection that I love. But I have a question. Yeah, what's so up? So if artists, even popular ones, aren't really making money on the streaming, how do they make money? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, goes back to like merch and tour, tour sales. Um, not even like mainly tours, but the merch is going to be the most important. So, so uh, even people like, like Taylor Swift and mm-hmm. Beyonce, they have to tour in order to make money. They probably have a bigger, um, pillow because they have so many listens, you know, that the, and also besides listens, you have music videos, 
music videos on YouTube get ads and that brings in revenue. Basically, the more you put yourself out there, the more money you're going to make. Um, so like people are doing, uh, filmed concerts right now where since they can't actually tour, that's why people are like, shit, we need to actually produce some, some kind of content for them to buy. So some artists are doing like clothing lines. Some artists are doing live concert streams on the internet that you buy tickets for, because if they were to exclusively stream, they will not be able to make money. And also, I feel like if you just are making albums, too, you're probably not going to live off of that anyways because what are you going to fulfill your days with? So these people have other daytime jobs, too. Um, so it's really, 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 really hard to become just a full-time musician. Yeah, I mean, I, I am curious to how certain artists that have been around for a very long time and are used to album sales being their main source of revenue plus touring, um, transferring now into the digital age. I wonder how they survive if they're now, they're not necessarily touring because they're old. Mm -hmm. They got to make money somehow. Um, hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I think, I think they're just having to be really, really creative with what they do. Um, Ramon, who my fiance is in a band and they did a live stream concert and they are releasing merch and uh, I've kind of, I got a glimpse at kind of what the numbers are. And you can make some pretty impressive sales off, based off merch. I'm wearing their merch as we Megan's speak. Megan's wearing their merch right now. I um, know. You're welcome. I actually paid for this, by the way. Mm -hmm. Paid for this and two other shirts. About three shirts. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but a lot of money does go into being an artist as well. So you have to pay for the merch. You have to pay for these tours, the transportation, your equipment, Unless you get sponsored. Um, I love this shirt. It didn't shrink, which is nice. Yeah, I'm very interested to see where music goes um, after COVID. Because, again, like these artists were being forced to be creative and find new ways to create uh, without touring. And concerts aren't going to be the same. They're not going to be able to sell the same amount of tickets. So I hope that um, whether it's through Patreon or through doing intimate events with fans that artists are able to survive in other ways or earn more money than what they do through streaming. Who knows? Maybe there'll be some kind of development in that area or a new streaming service will come out. I know Tidal tried to do that, but I don't know anyone with Tidal anymore. People used to have Tidal. Um, personally, I don't know anyone but it's okay. Uh, we'll use Spotify for now. Um, I am still looking for new music. Megan's still listening to new music and looking for new music as well. So uh, you can always send us your recommendations or give our Spotify playlist a listen. Yeah, I actually have an ongoing list. I went on our Instagram follow if you haven't followed yet. It's at Talking in Tangents Pod on the Instagrams. Um, but also my own personal Instagram as well. I reached out to some friends and I have a running list of some lovely songs. And I actually went down and sat down and listened to all of them. And nice. I think they're all fucking slaps. They're so good. Cool. So yeah. I have an ongoing list and I'm going to 
make some playlists and, you know, add to other stuff. And I kind of want to have it be ongoing. Mm-hmm. And then in future episodes, we can, like, refer to it and be like, we got This is this episode's mood. Yeah, <laughs> we got we got a mood, listen to this song. Obviously, we can't play because, you know, money. Um, but I would love to make, like, a song recommendation. Or if you have – keep the song stuff coming, man. Like, I mean – even after this episode is aired and you've listened to it, um, I'm always down to listen to more stuff. Um, like a lot of these are some really great goods in here, as well as some stuff I hadn't heard before that were already in my genres nice. that I enjoy. So I'm like, ooh, I'm adding these to my own. I have an ongoing personal um, list that I kind of just play on in my phone right now, and I have. It's kind of like an ongoing playlist. So every time I find a good song, I'll add to it. And it just becomes part of the the circle. So the playlist started with like 30 songs and is slowly getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So every time I hear a new song that I like, I add it to the rotation. Same. Um, I have one called Chark, the Damn Good Ones of 2021. And I'm stoked. I like re-listening to it all the time because I I know the, the new bangers of the year. I'm trying to get back into Spotify, which is why I kind of use the podcast to create a new Spotify account because my old Spotify account I just deleted uh, because it was basically used for an old job and it was all full of the same kind of music, like coffee shop vibes. Yeah. So I was like, I want to start fresh, but I didn't want to like delete it. And then I also was like, you know, it'd be cool just to like start brand new and use the talking in tangents email so I don't have to deal with my own damn email. (laughs) And so j- join us on our musical journey. Yes, be our music friends. Um, we will have the spot, as Migs said, we'll have it on our Instagram page, so give it a listen. And uh, we'll talk about some charities that we care about next. I think those are also music-related. Megan actually found them. Uh, Megs, do you want to go into the charities that you found for this week? Yeah, yeah. So when I was when I was doing the Googles, I, I know we like to talk about a new charity each week, so it's been a fun of a fun adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to pick it close to what we're talking about. So um, in in the realm of I, when I basically went into the internet and typed in music charities, and I was very delighted to find that a lot of them had to do with um, kids, which I always think is nice. Um, so I have a couple. The first one is called Education Through Music, and this is a quote from their website. They uh, help by partnering with under-resourced schools to deliver music as a core subject for all students. And the website is impact.etmonline.org. So it's basically kind of a way to help kids in underprivileged schools get access to musical programs whether it's through just general like instruments and songs and choir. I mean, basically, music is, a, is an art that, in, an, in, the art, in, in the arts category, that's just basically underfunded for kids and schools and whatnot. And um, to be honest, uh, a lot of the arts are, and you're kind of seeing it dwindled as not to being as important, but they're showing through their foundation, you can do- donate through their website, the value that music brings to children's lives, not only just enriching them, like, personally but also in how they learn and how they grow and all that kind of stuff which i thought was neat so check them out the other one's kind of in the same realm it's called the mr holland holland's opus foundation and uh their quote is they keep they're keeping music alive in our schools by providing vital support systems to school districts 
and new musical instruments to underfunded music programs nationwide, giving economically disadvantaged youth access to the many benefits of music education, leading them to success in school and inspiring creativity and expression through playing music. And their website is www.mhopus.org. Yeah, it's another kind of a way to help fund music programs for underprivileged children. I feel like the music programs are highly underfunded and it would be a really nice way to donate and keep music alive in in our youths because our youths are our future. Absolutely. I mean, music education was so important to me as a kid. And so knowing the trajectory it can have in a kid's life, that yes, absolutely. So and you, you kind of see the type of... Um, even like small little impacts will affect someone's childhood and then someone their life and, and especially in an underprivileged school like if they if they're underfunded and can barely you know handle any other basic stuff like the music programs and the art programs are the first to go so um, any kind of so. donation towards kiddos getting all the things that they deserve growing up then I fully support it and we'll donate yay awesome well, thank you guys so much for joining us for episode four. Four. Cuatro. First is the worst. Second is the best. Third is the episode with the... Hairy the chest. Hairy chest. <laughs> Accurate, because we, we do talk about our exes. So. We do talk about <laughs> our exes. And then fourth this episode is just nice. And Phoebe's just put her butt on the keyboard. My cat is sitting on the keyboard. That means it's time to go. Ding, 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 ding. See you guys next time.